Welcome, everyone. This is Jeff Cohn with the Wall Street Resource, and joining me is Chris Young, CFO of Entravision Communications. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Jeff. How are you, sir? Good, good. So awesome. for those that aren't familiar with Entravision, can you just give us a quick overview of the company? Quick overview of Entravision Communications. We are a publicly traded a media company on the New York Stock Exchange, ticker is EVC. We have historically been known primarily as a TV and radio broadcaster here in the United States, specifically catering to the Hispanic uh, communities throughout the country, being the largest Univision uh, affiliate group out there. Univision owns the network, and the majority of Univision stations, physical stations in this country, ironically, are actually owned by us. We've been aggressively moving into the digital space over the past uh, six or seven years, and uh, we've made some, in particular in the past 12 months, we've made some acquisitions that have made uh, our digital platform now our largest revenue-generating platform uh, of the company. We're now approximately 74% of our revenue being generated is uh, off of digital, uh, and that's a very big change from where we started, uh, you know, back uh, in, in this digital four-way uh, back six to seven years ago. Okay. So are you primarily producing and acquiring content, or are you distributing uh, as well? We're not. We're, so we, we see ourselves as a, a sales rep firm. So we are in the business of selling advertising for the Univision content and TV. We do produce our own content and radio. But digital, for the most part, is, is really in three different buckets. The first bucket is we see ourselves as kind of a, a sales agency for local mom-and-pop advertisers here in the United States who are also advertising on our broadcast platforms. We will help them execute digital campaigns and social media campaigns on their behalf. The second, budget, uh, the second bucket is uh, a, a DSP, demand-side platform, that we own and operate out of Barcelona called Smatics. That's uh, a programmatic platform where we are getting uh, advertisers uh, in front of mobile app consumers uh, throughout the world. And the third bucket on the digital front is a sales rep business that we most recently got into back in October of last year with the acquisition of Cisneros Interactive. And what those folks do is uh, market the uh, advertising services of the likes of Facebook and Spotify and Twitter in um, hard-to-reach countries throughout the world, primarily in Latin America. So take a country like Ecuador. Facebook will do the math and, 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 and come to the conclusion that it's not worth their uh, putting people on the ground in that part of the world to actively market advertising for the platform. So they'll hire a third party company to do it for them. And the way it works is Facebook will train us in how to execute campaigns on Facebook. And then our folks will go back to our regions. And then we in turn will train uh, ad advertising agencies in that region. And, and obviously in doing so, um, we're promoting the Facebook platform and they be get converted to become uh, Facebook advertisers. In exchange, Cisneros will take a commission 
for the um, for the effort. Uh, and, and what they also do, which is also well worth Facebook's while, is they'll guarantee 100% of the receivables that are generated in that region. So Facebook doesn't have to sweat the AR collection efforts. Um, Cisneros will guarantee 100%. And uh, as a result, uh, it's a, a relationship that works for both companies. No, so that's the third bucket. Digital is really three different, three separate businesses, and those are the three uh, businesses. We also made a, uh, an acquisition, same type of business, but uh, servicing slightly different platforms in a different part of the world. This business is called Media Donuts. It's based in Singapore. They also are in the business of selling advertising on behalf of global digital platforms. However, they don't... Uh, really work with Facebook, they work with the likes of Twitter and TikTok. And again, these are, these are companies that have operations in, in very hard-to-reach countries that uh, you know, are basically providing sales services for these global digital operations. Okay, so you're mainly addressing the Hispanic market. Does Asia have some concentrated Hispanic market there that I'm not aware no, of? No, so that's kind of a pivot that we're kind of currently undergoing. In, in other words, we're, we're moving off, not necessarily taking our focus off of it, but, but moving away from purely Hispanic uh, Spanish language focus and, and, and more moving into just a niche uh, sales, diversified sales rep firm. Um, because one thing that we've learned about the Cisneros acquisition was that w one of the things that was holding this company back and one of the advantages that uh, advertisers get by buying Facebook through Cisneros is that they're able to do so uh, on credit. In other words, um, if you've ever tried to advertise on Facebook, generally the way it works is you have to put your cash up front or credit card, and your credit card will get dinged as your campaign gets executed. With buying through Cisneros, what effectively happens is Facebook has given Cisneros a line of credit, and Cisneros in turn offers that line of credit to their clients in their regions. Um, now, one of the gating factors when we acquired Cisneros was that they saw a lot of growth potential in all of their markets, and they were constantly going back to Facebook asking for an increase in their line of credit because they thought that that would be significant in helping fuel uh, incremental growth. Facebook looked at Cisneros' balance sheet and concluded that it, uh, a line of credit increase for these folks wasn't warranted. They didn't have the balance sheet to support it. So when we acquired Cisneros, uh, we stepped into the relationship with Facebook, sat down with them, walked them through our balance sheet, walked them through our credit stats, and you know, got them very comfortable that this entity was certainly creditworthy to uh, get a line of credit increase. So what started out as a $30 million line of credit, uh, thanks to our, uh, you know, leveraging uh, our ability to leverage our balance sheet, that line of credit is significantly above $100 million right now. And that is really, that all happened in uh, December of last year. And that effectively enabled Cisneros to, the, the numbers just took off because they were able to fuel the growth the pent-up demand that was out there. Uh, and, and when we saw the results of that, um, that got us thinking as to <laughs> this business model is pretty straightforward. There must be many other companies in this predicament that are, that are working with these global digital platforms that could use the financial backing of a stronger uh, parent co company. And uh, so we took this same business model and uh, the same approach 
and that resulted in the acquisition of uh, this company called Media Donuts um, on July 1st in Singapore. And again, okay. it's not about it's no longer about Spanish language. It's about sales representation um, to, you know, in immature markets where the growth of digital uh, the growth opportunity is much more significant um, than it is here in the United States, which is perhaps a you know what 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 I'd consider to be a very mature market for digital advertising. Okay, and so so you're addressing obviously some some large markets, and you just use the word mature. So are your markets in general? growing or are you grabbing share i think it's both um you're talking about uh you know countries um throughout latin america that are um in high growth mode and you're talking about countries throughout uh you know the asian pacific rim that are also in high growth mode and as far as taking shares concerned you know uh, the likes of the facebook platform obviously extremely well known it's the perhaps you know one of the largest um, digital powerhouses on, on the planet but but in 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 these hard to reach markets the facebook brand is only beginning to hit its stride um whereas it's been here in the united states for years and years um and and it, there's tremendous growth potential for the likes of the facebook platform throughout the regions where we operate Okay, and then how are you standing out from the the competition, and and you know what do you guys do best? Well, um, the the competitive landscape it depends on you know what business platform you're looking at. So again, we've got three platforms: we've got TV, we've got radio, uh, and we have digital. You know, on the TV front, we really the comp- competition is really Telemundo. So in, in the Spanish-language TV world, um, it's all about uh, two networks, uh, Univision and then Telemundo. Telemundo is owned by NBC, which in turn is owned by Comcast. Univision is the dominant player, um, and, and the real reason for that is that the Univision content is actually produced by another company called Televisa. Televisa is a Mexican-based company. They produce what are called novellas out of Mexico City that are um, consumed in Mexico first, and then Univision airs them on their network here in the United States. Um, that is a con- that's a that's a format that plays well with Hispanics in the United States who culturally relate to uh, Mexico, uh, and that represents approximately call it. 65% of the Hispanic uh, population here in the United States are culturally, um, you know, relate to, to Mexico. The other, we'll call it third of Hispanics, are actually from Latin America and the Caribbean. And Telemundo typically will focus their content generation culturally on that um, side of the Hispanic demo. Um, so Univision is the big kahuna in space. Telemundo is number two. And so competitively, we're at an advantage by having content that resonates with the majority of Hispanics. For radio, there are really two other players in uh, Spanish-language radio. Um, there's a company called Spanish Broadcasting out of Miami. Um, they have content uh, in the large markets across the country. We tend to focus on the smaller, less mature markets, although we do have radio in L.A. Um, and then there's um, Univision also has a radio group um, that's our competitor. So we may be partners with Univision uh, and TV, but we are competitors on the radio front. So there's really three players ourselves, Spanish Broadcasting and Univision on radio, two players as far as the television business is concerned. And then digitally, you know, the, the 
the, the Cisneros business, um, really, there's not a lot of competition in, in that, you know, when we have, for example, a Facebook sales representation arrangement, that it tends to be an exclusive arrangement in the regions where we operate. So uh, I'll use Ecuador again as an example. Um, no one else is allowed to market, uh, has the rights to market uh, Facebook um, in, in the country of Ecuador other than ourselves. So there's really not a lot of competition as far as the, uh, you know, the, 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 the platforms are concerned. And then otherwise you're just, you know, if someone else has the rights to sell TikTok against Facebook, well, that's our competition in that market. But the, this, this business of sales representation for the digital platforms uh, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, etc. It's kind of a cottage industry, really. It, it's only been in existence for uh, you know half a dozen years, and it, it's really an early stage sub industry of the digital business, which uh, which I think spells uh, meaningful opportunity, um, you know, potentially for consolidation. You know, that's the way we're looking at it. And then in terms so that's of kind partnering, of a long yeah, go ahead. You have uh, Facebook. Are there other partners, or what's the partnering strategy? Um, sure. I mean, the other partners include, like, like I said, you've got Facebook, you've got Spotify, you've got TikTok, um, you know, Media Donuts has got uh, Twitter, Tinder. Um, they also, uh, you know, market the web um, services, the advertising for CNN throughout, uh, throughout Asia. So, you know, the, the, and, and the strategy really is, you know, try to, develop these relationships, maximize the productivity of our sales folks in getting advertising on these platforms. And you know what? It, it, you know, platforms typically will have their day in the spotlight, and then they'll start to fade as technology moves on. That's just the way the world works. You know, if and when that happens, and, and if Facebook's not the next best thing to slice bread in a you know, in three or four years, well, there will always be another platform that comes around where you can do it all over again and develop a new relationship. TikTok being a perfect example where, you know, that, that company wasn't even around eight years ago. Okay. So the, the, the name of the game is to really build a solid base of, you know, global tech platforms that need to sell advertising, develop, continue to foster those relationships with the advertisers in our local re regions throughout the world, and, and, and constantly work the portfolio so that you're in front of the next best platform that comes around the corner, you know, if and when they're ready for you know, an international sales rep to, uh, to help sell their platform. Nice. And it, it sounds, you know, you're not capital intensive and, and there's a lot of ability to scale this is is that right yeah that that's the exciting part to this so so just to put uh, some numbers on the Cisneros acquisition you know we acquired them in October of last year and they were doing they were doing around 250 million of revenue and about 10 million of cash flow um, and we acquired, I should say, we acquired 51% of that organization, so we didn't acquire 100%. Um, but you do get to consolidate the um, revenue and the expense, and then uh, on our P&L, and then there's a minority interest that comes out below operating income. Um, but you do get to uh, – anyway, so, so I, those were the numbers when we took the uh, operation under our wing. We managed to expand the line of credit 
that I talked about earlier. And now that we, you know, we think that company is going to do something along the lines of 30 to 35 million in cash flow this year. So effectively enabling that company to triple their productivity financially, you know, through that line of credit expansion. So that's exciting to us. That line of credit was assisting in the growth prospects, but the growth was pent up already. They just needed Facebook support to go out and, and, and bring these clients in on a credit basis. And, uh, you know, the exciting component about this business um, platform is that you can replicate it anywhere. And so now what we're doing is we're, you know, kind of shaking the tree globally to see what other opportunities are out there, not just in Latin America, but also in not just in uh, the Asian Pacific Rim, but elsewhere. You can do this in Africa. You can do this in Eastern Europe. You can do this, um, you know, you can effectively do this in India. So the lots of global opportunities, again, it's not a capital-intensive business. And the technology is such that, so that uh, it's a pretty, pretty simple business when you're running ads on Facebook. Facebook is the system of record. It, it's pretty hard to fool Facebook as far as the ads are concerned. Facebook tracks all of the advertising activity. We're obviously staying on top of the accounts receivable issue. Um, but, and again, as a result of it not being capital intensive and, and technology-wise, it's pretty low-tech at sales. Um, you, you're not generating a huge margin out of the business, but the growth prospects are dynamic. So right now, you know, it, it, all in our digital business uh, cash flow margins are around 7%. They were exactly 7% in Q2. That can scale, hella, that, can, that will increase as we scale our revenue. And, uh, you know, if, if our thinking is correct, you know, this, there aren't a lot of players trying to get into this space because I think it's, it's such a relatively new industry. There are several players that are trying to consolidate, and we're one of them, and uh, we think it's going to have some interesting prospects over the next five or ten years. Okay. And then you've had some, some nice numbers that you've put out. Um, have you have you got the the low hanging fruit already? You know, with political ads, et cetera, or do you expect to see more of the same? Well, we've got the political season for our broadcasting businesses uh, back upon us for 2022. Um, that's going to be um, that's going to help our bottom line, obviously. In the last midterm elections, we did approximately 12 million of incremental political revenue. I think we will likely um, be close or at least in that zip code for the next midterm election season. Um, and then with the Cisneros growth that we've been enjoying, uh, the, I, you know, I think the, the, we're going to be coming up against tougher comps in the fourth quarter of this year because that's really when the growth started uh, kicking in for Cisneros. But I think at least for the next quarter uh, or, or two, uh, you should continue to see some pretty explosive uh, numbers, both because of the Cisneros uh, easier comp issue and the fact that you know we're still coming out of uh, this pandemic um, in, in, in fits and starts, albeit, but compared to last year, you know, last year we were on lockdown for the majority of the year, so our broadcast numbers, uh, as was the case for most industries, were unduly um, suppressed. And uh, as, we're, as people are going back to work, as uh, industries uh, get back on their feet and begin advertising again, this, this should be a solid year as far as financial performance is concerned. Okay. And in the countries that you're in, um, what's the, the breakdown just roughly? Well, the United States first, uh, and then, you know, 
basically we're in 30 countries worldwide. So you've got the United States, you've got Mexico, you've got Puerto Rico, you've got Colombia, you've got Argentina, you've got Paraguay, you've got uh, Uruguay, you've got Brazil, Peru, Ecuador, Panama, uh, Guatemala, Costa Rica. Uh, Puerto Rico are not a country, but a U.S. territory. Um, so that's the, um, and, and we're also uh, in Spain, in Barcelona. Uh, and that's really the Cisneros through the Cisneros uh, acquisition. And then Media Donuts is based in um, it's based in Singapore, but it has offices and sales operations in the Philippines, in Vietnam, in Thailand, in Malaysia, Indonesia, and India. Okay. And then, so so going forward, just so I'm clear, your growth strategy it sounds multi-pronged. Is that yeah. right? That's right. Okay, and acquisitions, do you expect that to be a big part of it? Um, yeah, the short answer is yes. I think not necessarily in the broadcast arena, where I think it's a much more mature business. It, it, it's a good, solid, cash-flowing business, but I think, quite frankly, that the growth prospects for the broadcasting business are somewhat limited, given where technology is headed. But we are looking, like I said earlier, at uh, you know similar business platform opportunities to the sales rep business for these digital global digital platforms in uh, other areas uh, around the globe. Okay. And then the revenue model, is it is it just a commission-based, or what does the revenue model look like? The revenue model is uh, primarily commission-based uh, for the digital business. Um, as we generate revenue, the platforms pay us a commission for the revenue that uh, you know we're putting on their books. Uh, for the TV side, you know the revenue model is based on there's a rate card. It generally, cost per thousand viewers is is, is the jargon in the advertising business CPM, uh, and, and the revenue model is based on charging advertisers you know a certain CPM for their ability to reach advertisers on both our radio and TV platforms. And the, the CPM, um, does that differ between TV and radio? It does. It, it differs significantly. Radio is generally considered to be much cheaper um, than television. And then your mix between TV and radio right now, and, and where do you think that's going? Well, we'll do in the environment of 150. Uh, these are round numbers. I'm just talking, you know, from a very high level. But we'll typically do... Uh, the TV business will typically do around 150 million of revenue. The radio business will typically do around 70 million dollars in revenue. And then the digital business, um, you know, the digital business on top of that should be a 450 to 500 million dollar revenue business uh, on, a, on an annualized basis. Okay. But with that all said, my TV margins are much healthier. Um, than any other any other platform we have. So our cash flow margins for our TV unit in the second quarter were 43%. Our cash flow margins for radio was 30%, and our cash flow margins for our digital were uh, approximately 7%. Okay, so um, you've got a few different areas. What are you most excited about now? 
I think what we're most excited about is the digital opportunities that are out there with this sales rep business that we've stumbled onto. There aren't a lot of players in this business, you know, a, a, you know, with a large corporate global structure that we can offer, you know, these small kind of middle market um, sales uh, firms that are, you know, working with these global platforms. And so it, it, it kind of feels to me like the um, – like the radio and television industry uh, did back in the, the 1980s and 1990s. And what I'm referring to there was, you know, back then, the, both of those industries were the ownership of stations was, was pretty... Uh, was pretty spread out. I mean, you had the predominance of, you know, smaller mom and pop operators um, were, you know, they were kind of, you know, just running their own stations and operating in their own regions. The regulations of that industry changed significantly in the the late 1980s, enabling, you know, ownership of multiple stations in a market by one entity and what what happened as a result was you saw this huge wave of consolidation which generated uh significant uh value opportunities for a handful of consolidators one being clear channel which is now iHeartMedia, um and uh another one being sinclair and Nextstar in the tv world so um you know it it, it feels like this industry has many of the same characteristics that the, the broadcast industry had 20, 30 years ago. And that's an, that's an opportunity that we're going to continue to, um, you know, to work in and continue to deepen our relationships with the, uh, the global digital platforms that need these services um, throughout the world. And, um, yeah, it, it's an exciting prospect for us that, that's um, keeping the, the lights on at midnight. Okay. And the, the key drivers of the business or what? Well, the key drivers of the business is really just the, the popularity of these global digital platforms, uh, Twitter, Facebook. I mean, Facebook now has become so ensconced in so many different cultures that, uh, you know, we, we can just go back to what happened. You know, for better or for worse, you know, Facebook had an impact in the 2016 election. For better or for worse, you know, Facebook had an impact on uh, some atrocities that were committed in Myanmar, right? And, uh, you know, so Facebook is becoming, you know, a and has become such a formidable platform. Uh, I, I just think the growth opportunities in working with that platform are, are, are significant, and, and, and having a, a relationship with an entity like that throughout the globe is an exciting prospect for us. With that said, you know, you've got, you know, new platforms coming of age, you know, by the minute it would seem. Um, you've got the likes of Snapchat. You've got the likes of TikTok. You've got Twitter has been around a while, but still it's, um, you know, it's an, an exciting platform. You've got uh, Criteo. You've got Spotify. So there's always a new up-and-comer uh, coming uh, through looking for advertising services in the regions where we operate and, you know, in addition to regions where we don't currently operate, but perhaps we'll branch into over time, either organically or through acquisitions. Is there anything I I failed to ask that you wish we would have discussed? Jeez, uh, no, we've covered a lot of ground in in 25 minutes. I mean, I I think the the, the overall story with EntroVision is that Historically, we've been kind of known as the sleepy Spanish-language broadcaster domestically. And really, as of the past 12 months, we've 
really made a, a, an aggressive effort to, to, to branch off into a brand new uh, arena of advertising, which is digital, right? Like Wayne Gretzky said, I skate to where the puck is going to be, not where it is today. And uh, that's what we're trying to do. And uh, it, these are exciting times for Entrovision, exciting times to be in the marketplace of digital advertising. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're excited about the, the, the future. I think we covered a lot. Very good. So as we put you on our screen, what are some of the things um, to look for over the next 12 months, some events or catalysts that, that might pop up? Well, I, I think one of the, you know, a, as a result of getting into the digital business, historically, because we've been known as a, as predominantly a television or radio broadcaster, <clears throat> we've been valued uh, in the public marketplace at kind of a, a TV radio broadcaster multiple of cash flow which has historically been around six to seven times. <clears throat> I think as, as people become more aware of uh, you know, how the, the majority component of our revenue and ultimately uh, our cash flow over time become digitally driven, you know, digital uh, multiples are significantly higher than that of the, the, the broadcasting industry. And I think a catalyst for our um, valuation will be <clears throat> the migration of our broadcasting-centric multiple into that of the digital um, multiples, which are well north of 10 to 12 times. And so that's something to, to keep an eye on. Right now we're, we're trading at around uh, an eight times multiple as, as we've moved from six times over the past, um, over the past year. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, um, yeah, that, that's something to, to, to keep your eye on as we forge ahead. Okay. Well, very good. Well, Chris, thanks for uh, for sharing sharing the story. I appreciate it. Jeff, thanks for uh, thanks for having us. Really appreciate it.